0: Welcome, everyone, to Nintendo Podcast, your source for all things Nintendo. I am Eric, aka Suleur, and today we are going to be covering a Zelda game that was originally pretty controversial, polarizing, if you will, but has since been looked back on pretty fondly, and that is Wind Waker. But before we get to that, we do have a bit of news. My wife was nice enough to send me a couple of articles. So a copy of Super Mario 64 is now the highest, like most expensive game ever. So this particular copy of Super Mario 64, which is an unopened copy of the game, sold for $1.56 million, including a 20% buyer's premium. So there was 16 different bids on it and the uh, guy who eventually won it, um, <laughs> have fun with that. So this actually knocks off an, a copy of the original Legend of Zelda from 1987 which sold for $870,000. So uh, yeah, have fun with that game. I hope it was worth the $1.6 you paid for it. Um, But, yeah, congratulations. Alright, next up is an article about a long-lost Nintendo game um, based on uh, the Mean Girls movie. So apparently there was going to be a Nintendo DS adaptation of Mean Girls and it was first announced in 2008, but then it just kind of got lost but and uh, apparently it has since been recovered and somebody who has a youtube page has apparently posted a full playthrough of it so i'm gonna include all these articles in the show notes of course so uh yeah i i didn't even know this was actually a thing but apparently there was a wiki that claimed it actually was released in europe but there was no proof to prove it. So, (laughs) um, I don't know what a Mean Girls game would be like, but I can't imagine it being all that great, but I, I don't know. Um, Maybe I'll watch the playthrough of it. So this, uh, link that I've got here actually has, a documentary on YouTube about the game, also. So yeah, I'm definitely going to include these in the show notes. All right, next up uh, is an article. It's got, it's uh, rumor and innuendo, if you will. But there's a known Nintendo leaker who has some pretty nice claims about some Zelda games that are in the works. So I mentioned in the Oracle Games that they're was some rumors about or people were really pulling for a remake of those. They're kind of like the Link's Awakening remake. And apparently those are in the works. So there is a rumor that the Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages remakes are in the works and they're scheduled to release sometime between next year and 2023. And also, there are rumors of remasters for Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. So, I don't know what to think about this. I mean, it's all rumor and innuendo, of course. And I would love to see the uh, Oracle remakes. And hopefully, if those are in the works, they're going to release them as a package deal and not separately. Because I wouldn't want to pay... For two games. You know, just, just package them together. Um, there are no word there's no word going around about Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and I don't know if that's because they were released on the 3DS and I, I mean, the, the 3DS is since, like, they're not making any more DS games, unfortunately. You know, the Switch kind of eventually replaced the the 3DS, as far as like portability and everything. So, I mean, we've got the Skyward Sword remake, and I'll be talking about that here in a little bit. But I would love to see, you I know, mean, I would love to see Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask brought to the Switch. I would, I just, I mean, there needs to be the uh, Nintendo Switch Online N64 catalog, catalog. I don't know why words are hard right now i apologize but i would love to see those brought to the switch i would also love to see wind waker and twilight princess i i mean i have twilight princess now on the wii and i'll be talking about that a little bit too but we don't have nintendo 64 games you know on the switch and i think that's the next step we're getting plenty of nes and super nes Games and that actually brings me to my next news catalog. So, there actually has been an update on the NES and SNES library for the Switch. So, let's just go ahead and knock out the NES game. So, you know how they'll release a game and then eventually they'll release a version of the game that basically puts you at the end game? Well, They did that with Super Mario 3. So they have you at the eighth world and they give you a bunch of outfits and power-ups and things like that. And apparently my cat wants to make an appearance. So they give you the tanuki suit, the frog suit, the hammer suit, you know, a bunch of suits, and you know, mushroom and uh, fire flower, things like that. So that's what we have for the NES. Library updates. So now we've got the Super NES. We got a game called Jelly Boy And I'll go ahead and read the descriptions that they give for this and Yoda, please be quiet (laughs) Anyway, uh, so Jelly Boy it says with your shape-changing jelly powers, there's nothing to fear. In this platforming game from 1995, originally released exclusively in Europe, gimme it. Uh, you are Jelly Boy, candy given, and that was my chair, by the way. Uh, the spark of life by the power of lightning. You've come to life, knowing one thing: you have to escape the candy factory. To get out, you'll need to collect puzzle pieces across six zones and survive enemies trying to stop you. But nobody has ever found even one of the special items before, let alone all six. So you'll be sure to need all your wits, skills, and shape-changing powers to make it through this wacky adventure. So that is Jelly Boy, and I should mention, I have never heard of any of these games. But uh, well, I mean, especially the ones from Europe. So next up we've got Bumboozle, I think that's how you pronounce that. In this puzzle game, your goal will be to strategically detonate every bomb in each level while leaving yourself a safe place to stand while the dust settles. Blast your way through the mind-blowing levels, each harder and more complicated than the last. There's one complication, however. You'll have to be quick because time is short. Remember to take the each take each the size of each explosion into account. Sorry, I don't know why that was hard to say. Or it could blow a hole, and you're all care. Blow a hole in all your careful planning. Good luck and have a blast. So it kind of sounds like Bomberman. All right, and finally we've got Claymates. Now this isn't Clay Fighter, which I am uh, familiar with. I, I enjoy Clay Fighter, um, but this is not that. It says in this game you take the role of Clayton, son of Professor Putty. Your father has made a breakthrough, and with the serum he. and your father it's up to you to rescue your father and get the syrup back you will face many dangers along the way but you have the ability to transform into five different animals each of which will aid you in your travels your animal forms each have their abilities skills and you'll need all of them to run jump fly swim and climb your way past the obstacles in your path. so yeah basically you're a shapeshifter so uh, I mean, they it, it, it sound interesting. I'll give them a shot, but um, yeah, I've never heard of any of these. So, all right, next up we've got the uh, update for the Pokemon Snap. New Pokemon Snap. So, basically, it's getting more Pokemon and areas to uh, explore. So, yeah, it's fun. I'm, you know, I, I still haven't played this game, but. Apparently the update happens on Tuesday, August 3rd. So we got three new areas and 20 new Pokémon, including Psy- yeah, Psyduck, Snorlax, Shroomish, Gyarados, and more. So new areas consist of new new location at the Fario, uh, sorry Florio Island Nature Park, the Mighty Wide River, both day and night times available. Barren Badlands again with both day and night variants so and then the articles got some pictures of the Pokemon so cool Yeah, um, I Need to play that I, that's a game. I have yet to play so all right f- that is it as far as news articles, let's talk uh, sales and deals and new releases so so, right now they have a sale at Target until. Uh, actually, this is until midnight tonight on the uh, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit set. So, uh, yeah, save $25 on each Home Circuit set. So, cool. Um, that's nice. Um, there is a 50% discount on Raji and Ancient Epic, and that is until. Um, August fourteenth at midnight. Uh, right now there is a deal on Among Us, so it's three fifty down from five dollars. Overcooked Two is going on until um, sorry, it's it's twelve forty nine down from twenty four ninety nine, so it's half off. And the Amnesia collection is two ninety nine down from twenty nine ninety nine, so that's a hell of a deal. Uh, Cozy Grove is $13.43, down from $14.99. Overcooked, All You Can Eat is 29 dollars down from $39.99. I mentioned Raji, that's uh, $12.49, down from $24.99. We got Children of Morda, it's $8.79, down from $21.99. Harvest Moon, One World is 39 dollars down from $49.99. We've got Unbound, World's Part. it's $3 off, $16.99, down from $19.99. Persona 5 Strikers is $38.99, down from $59.99. Uh, we've got Don't Starve, it's $4.99, down from $19.99. Uh, we've got Moving Out, which we talked about on the show here, that's uh, half off. It's $12.49, down from $24.99. I wish I could talk right now. Um, let's see, we've got Blue Fire, it's $11.99, down from $19.99. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated is $20.09, down from $29.99. Um, Hentai versus Evil, uh, that sounds like an interesting game. It's $7.99, down from $9.99. Let's see, we go. um, got the original Dragon Quest is $3.24, down from $4.99. Uh, Hello Neighbors, $27.99, down from $39.99 and uh that is it as far as sales and deals at least anything that's really of note so um, let's see if there's anything oh i'm sorry there actually is another article that i forgot to mention so there's an article about the foam pads in the new zelda joy cons um apparently they're kind of fixing the drift issue. So there's an article that was previously out about someone who had supposedly come up with a solution for the Joy-Con drift. So basically what you do is you insert a small square of paper or cardboard into the same spot as the analog stick location issue happening. So in order to reapply pressure to the case of the controllers so it's simple and so far it seems to work and apparently there's a, a Nintendo switch user by the name of at Mario underscore RPG or underscore fan on Twitter and they opened up the brand new Zelda joy con controllers for Skyward Sword HD Why do you, I, I, I don't know why you would do that but okay fine and there's two foam strips around the analog section of the case so uh, while this can be an exciting fix since it blew up online and the story was viral um, many switch fans have now highlighted similar strips that can be spotted in the older joy cons so people are opening up their old joy cons and they've gotten fixed and finding this and this article actually has a picture of the little foam strips so, um, yeah, I guess they, I guess they fixed the issue. Good for them. So, yeah, I think that's it as far as articles and sales and deals. So, as far as what I've been playing, there's mainly two things that I've been playing. I've been playing more of Twilight Princess. So, I want to say, I, I mean, it's been a few days since i played because the, uh, Another Zelda game has taken up my time, but I know that I am—I want to say—I'm two dungeons in. So yeah, I—I've I definitely uh, beat the first area. I did the duel on the bridge with the guy who kidnapped the kids and had one of them tied to a stick. Um, you know that horseback battle. I did. I definitely. I do remember doing that. So that was fun Uh, once I got the hang of it. Of course, I got knocked off the bridge a couple of times. Uh, The other game that I've been playing that's not Zelda related is I did pick up the Stick of Truth for my Switch. Um, I have it for PC, but I don't really play games on my PC anymore. And I did want to play this game again. I have the second one, uh, the name that everybody knows. I do have that on the Switch as well. And I played a little bit of that, but I bought the stick of truth and I played through the first day. Um, So yeah, you gotta gather up everybody and then you gotta break Clyde out of detention. And then when you're going to bed, you get kidnapped, abducted by aliens, and we of course know what they do. We're not gonna get into that. So I did defeat the aliens on the spaceship so I've beaten the first day and I'm now in the second day, but I did want to talk about Skyward Sword HD. So I did get that for myself um, as a birthday present, as I planned. I, I bought it the next day on my birthday. It came out on July 16th and I bought it on July 17th. Um, I don't know if this is normal, but Walmart has switch games for $10 off. So I didn't actually pay $69.99. I paid, I'm sorry, $59.99. That's $69.99. I paid um, $49.95. And those prices are still that way. Like, I don't know if that's just a Walmart thing. I don't know how they're getting away with selling games for $10 off, but I'm not going to complain about it. So the controls are different Um, they did there is a button only uh, method of playing so you don't have to do motion controls and that's mainly how I've been playing so the right analog stick controls the direction that you swing your sword but I guess in the back then you didn't really have camera control So that was actually added. So if you hold L, the L button, not ZL, but L, then it'll have the right analog stick control the camera. So it's playable. I have actually gotten through two dungeons and I'm now on the path to the third. I'm in the Lanayru Desert. But I have to say I am really enjoying this game. So I'm kind of sad that I didn't get to play it back when it came out. At that point I you know we didn't have my Wii anymore, so it didn't really like I knew it existed, but it didn't really register in my you know consciousness, I guess, like I just kind of ignored it. But and, and it's a shame like I I never really like I know that Robin Williams is a huge Zelda fan, obviously. He named his daughter after Princess Zelda. And he did commercials for Skyward Sword back in the day. But I guess it just, like, I didn't really pay attention to it. So I'm playing this with fresh eyes. So, which I guess is a good thing. And, you know, like I said, I know, I heard that people really complained about the motion controls back then. Like you had to have this thing inserted into your Wii remote to really capture all of the range of motion for your sword. Because with uh, like Twilight Princess, the sword swinging is pretty simplified. You just kind of swing your sword left or right, or you hit a button to do a thrust. Like it, It's pretty simple. This really captures all of the range of motion. Like you can do diagonal slashes, you can do an up or down slash. You can thrust by you know hitting these buttons together or by I think it's by pressing A or something like that. And or no no no, I'm sorry, it's the right stick if your button only controls. So you you hit the you click the right stick to thrust, yeah, things like that. So I like I said, I'm really enjoying this and the story has been really good so far. It's the uh, introduction like it's the first story in the legend of zelda series like it's the beginning so i'm really enjoying all that you know flying on the loft wings and everything it's it's really fun so i'm really glad that i picked up this game and uh yeah that's really it as far as nintendo gameplay so i've just been playing a lot of skyward sword recently along with a couple of other things So anyway, let's take a break, you'll hear me shill for Anchor, and then we'll talk Wind Waker. So stay tuned guys. All right guys, welcome back after that short break, so let's talk Wind Waker. So The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker is the tenth installment of The Legend of Zelda series. It was also the first Legend of Zelda title to appear on the GameCube. So on January twenty third of twenty thirteen, Eiji Anuma, I think is how you pronounce this name, announced a remake of Wind Waker. It's on the Wii U. So it's yeah, it's since been re-released on the Wii U. But it first came out on December thirteenth, two thousand two in Japan, March twenty-fourth, two thousand three in North America, and May second, 2003 in Europe. To promote the release, Nintendo offered a bonus disc as a pre-order incentive which included a GameCube port of Ocarina of Time as well as its previously unreleased expansion, Ura Zelda, which that is uh, largely an adaptation of Ocarina of Time with some changes including new dungeon challenges. It had been uh, that was developed for Nintendo 64 64DD um, I don't know that, that's not what you would think it is but um, peripheral and it was shelved when that system failed uh, 64 uh, dual disc I think is what it's called or what it stands for so uh, that was eventually named Master Quest in North America and Europe so yeah um, I actually have mentioned that disc, you know, before on previous episodes. So, uh, yeah, I, I used to have it. It was the Ocarina of Time game, as well as Master Quest. So, it and I quite enjoyed it. That was actually the first time I played Ocarina of Time all the way through. It was on the GameCube. i mentioned that in the episode about that game. So, in May 2003, Nintendo bundled The Wind Waker with limited edition GameCubes in North America and Europe. So, uh, on Nint- uh, November 17th of that year, there was another promotion uh, compilation disc, which I've mentioned this before. I used to own this also. It was uh, the original Zelda, Zelda 2, Adventure of Link, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask, and there was a demo. For wind waker along with two featurettes i wish i still had that because that was awesome so um let's see here the initial reception for this game was uh <laughs> it was uh pretty polarizing people either really loved this game or they crapped on it because of the cell shading uh, graphics. They felt it was too childlike, and honestly, I was kind of in that category, because up until, I mean, it looked like a game geared for kids. It looked like Zelda geared for kids. Um, But there's also, like, it it was just completely different. Like, you're spending your time in a ship, and you're you know using music to change the winds of where you're going and it like it, it was just it, it wasn't bad it was just different and eventually like people now it, it's almost like universally praised but it felt like you were playing a cartoon which I mean back then a lot of games were I mean it looked like cartoons it's not like the realistic graphics of today but if you think about it Twilight Princess was also originally released on the GameCube it was GameCube and Weave and hardly anybody played the GameCube version of it but that art style made it feel a lot more adult compared to the cartoonish version of Wind Waker but um yeah, I mean, it, it was just—it's it, not bad. It's just different. But yeah, let, let's talk a little bit more about its of development. So, Nintendo's Zelda team initially planned for a new game in uh, GameCube before Majora's Mask was even completed on the 64. So, early concepts uh, generally followed Ocarina of Time's design, with graphics enhanced for the new system's capabilities. But uh, the, team, and the team hastily created a brief clip of Link fighting Ganondorf for a demonstration at the 2000 Space World Exposition. I think I talked about that on another episode. But uh, they had eventually exhausted any ideas for this style and format. So, and uh, Anuma hated the demo, finding it derivative of past Zelda games. So they wanted something different. So, Yoshiki Harukana created a cartoonish drawing of a young Link, and that eventually caught their eye. So they drew up a Moblin in a similar style. So they're like, hey, you know what, this is different, let's let's explore this. So uh, with this decision, development proceeded swiftly, and the team decided to that the setting would be on islands in an ocean. Determining that this would provide interesting visuals and mechanics in the cell shaded style. So this in turn inspired the central sailing feature. I wish I could talk. I apologize. So some features drew skepticism. For instance, uh, Miyamoto and Tezuka requested an explanation for the character's exaggeratingly large eyes. So the team jokingly suggested that Link shoots beams from his eyes before, you know, they they decided to um, have him focus his gaze on on significant objects. So they actually decided to use his eyes to give you little hints. So uh, Miyamoto introduced a playable demo at the Electronics Entertainment Expo that went from May 22nd through 24th in 2002, alongside other upcoming GameCube Zelda games such as Four Swords Adventures. And Miyamoto encountered glitches when he attempted to demonstrate Link's new ability to use enemies' dropped weapons. Uh, reception was more than more positive uh, than that for the previous demo, though. So. That was good. Um, so development continued through the late 2002, uh, with targeted release dates of December in Japan and early 2003 in North America. During the final stages, two dungeons that fell behind schedule were cut and replaced with a quest to recover Twilight Force pieces around the Great Sea. And elements of these dungeons were later recycled for later games. So. Uh, Let's see the music, it was composed by Kenta Nagata, Hajime Wakai, Hajimi Wakai, I apologize, Toru Mingishi, and Koji Kondo, which that name should sound familiar. Koji Kondo. So um, the soundtrack eventually was released uh, on March 19th of 2003. You can actually go and get this. So uh, Miyamoto reportedly played the mandolin feature in the title theme. So, like I said, um, the initial response was pretty heavily divided, pretty much exclusively on the cell shading design. The reception was comparatively warm in Japan, while where various media commonly borrowed an anime aesthetics. So. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the game itself so the game takes place in a time when Link is successful and Ganondorf is sealed they actually talk about this at the beginning of the game I have played this game but not a ton of it like I get to the Heroes Tower and I stopped and that was years ago when I still had my GameCube I would love to play this game again, and hopefully, they do eventually re release it for the Switch because I don't have a GameCube and I honestly don't see myself getting one anytime soon. A lot of the games that I would want to play on the GameCube have since been re released on the Switch. Uh, the only exceptions to those would be Twilight Princess, which I have on the Wii and Wind Waker, um, everything else. I mean, the Mario games like Mario Galaxy and Galaxy 2, well, not Galaxy 2, but Mario Galaxy is now on the Switch and I own it, so I don't really see myself getting a Wii U. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about the story. So, the, it's Link's birthday and his sister, Ariel, is captured by the Helma rock King. And Link joins a group of pirates led by Tetra, who is a reincarnation of Zelda, although that's probably spoilers for those of you who haven't played Wind Waker. Um, Tetra uh, is there to help rescue Aril from the Forsaken Fortress, however, he's captured upon reaching the top of the fortress and is thrown out. After meeting a sentient boat known as the King of Red Lions, Link learns that in order to rescue his sister, he must ultimately face Ganondorf. So, of course, it's another reincarnation of Ganondorf. So, it should be mentioned that, of course, this is a new incarnation of Link. This is not the same Link that is the hero of time, or you know, you know, the I mean, the one who's the hero of time is also the one from Majora's Mask. This is a new incarnation of Link, and this. Incarnation of Link is actually later used in what games are going to be in the next stories, which are the DS games. Um, but, you know, of course, Link has to use the King of the Red Lions, Lions' ship to travel all over the Great Sea in order to locate the Master Sword and find the lost kingdom of Hyrule. So, at this point, Hyrule is flooded. So, that is why he has to use the ship, you know... Hyrule, what we know of Hyrule, has since been destroyed. It's been completely flooded. So, that is where we are in the Zelda timeline. So, like I said, there's mechanics that you have to use. Like, you have to use this baton, this conductor's baton, to change the direction of the wind so you can reach all these different islands. So... Yeah, like I said, um, this game was pretty heavily criticized. Like people were really divided when this came out, but it's since like it, it's since pretty much universally beloved. So I, like I said, I was originally in that boat. Like, goddamn, like this is a kid's game. Like, why are they changing? Zelda into a kids game like that's the only explanation I could think of for why they would use this art style as opposed to something that doesn't look like it came out of a kids cartoon but I would love to play it again Um, I don't have access to this game I don't have a GameCube well I have my Wii. I could buy it and play it on the Wii. Um, so there is that. If I wanted to, I could go get it. Uh, if, <laughs> I'd also have to buy a GameCube controller and a memory card. But I could get it if I wanted to. The the problem is finding it for a price that's not gonna be like $150, $200, because if you get it on Amazon, that's probably what it's gonna be. But I would like to play it again. So, uh... <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll see. Um, I accept donations. Um, I don't... I, I don't uh, expect donations. But if you're kind, I would appreciate it. Um, no, I mean, don't feel obligated. I'm not... I, yeah. I'm just kidding. Sort of. Um, but yeah, that is the Wind Waker. So... Um, like I said, it, it was pretty controversial when it came out. And it since has, like I said, it's been re-released for the uh, Wii U. Uh, so if you're lucky enough to play the uh, HD remake, you know, let me know how it is. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are of the uh, Wind Waker game. I know uh, there are certain people who it's... it's their favorite game in the series when i was talking to andrew from the fallout feed uh, about zelda like he asked me when wind waker is going to be released on the switch and who knows it may be now um it's his favorite uh zelda game and there are other people who i i am i was wearing i have a wind waker t-shirt actually that my wife found on amazon i believe And I walked into a gas station the other day, and this guy was telling me it was his first Zelda game that he ever played. And it's his favorite, of course, uh, because of that. So, um, I should mention here, there are a couple of changes that they made to the uh, Wii U release. So, the Wind Waker HD includes a Swift Sail, an updated Triforce Shard Quest, and a Hero Mode, like the one in Skyward Sword. Uh, The Wind Waker's HD's Hero Mode adds a certain level of difficulty to the game by doubling the amount of damage that Link takes from enemies and removing recovery hearts from the game. So a few minor changes um, also are the pictograph box. Um, So it allows 12 pictures at a time and the ability to take pictures of Link and the additional Tingle Bottle which was released replaced the Tingle Turner. Um, I think that updated the graphics a little bit uh, made them a little bit more crisp so anyway that is Wind Waker so I kind of hinted at this a little bit ago but in the next episode we are going to be talking about both of the DS games because I kind of like the Oracle games they almost feel like a package deal I mean not really they're two completely different games but People kind of, uh, when they talk about the Zelda DS games, they kind of talk about them together. Um, actually, you know what? I think we should probably, yeah. You know what? We'll we'll talk about the DS games next because that kind of follows along in the, you know, the series, and then we'll go back and talk about. Minish Cap after that Um, so yeah next step we'll continue with Toon Link and then I guess we'll go back to uh, Minish Cap which that game is pretty universally praised so if you uh, so choose I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts I don't even remember the last time That this show has gotten a review on Apple Podcasts, but that really helps the uh, people, more people get eyes and ears on the show, which is always a good thing. Um, So it's a good way to help the show out without, you know, spending money um, to help me. I mean, that's always appreciated, too. But uh, this is a way that you can help me without spending money. Definitely leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do leave a review with some text, I will read it out on the show. I would like to also thank The Hive, as always, for uh, sponsoring this show. And if you would like to get a hold of me, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at p. I recently asked people what their opinion was on Skyward Sword HD. Um, so I've, I've told you what mine is, what my experience has been. Uh, what has been your experience if you did um, pick this up? I did chat with somebody a little bit who apparently also has a podcast about this. And basically what they said was, I've got five kids and a job. I haven't been able to play it yet, but I do have it. So, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, also, if you would like to follow me personally, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at iancold 8 So, um, yeah, like I said, uh, leave a rating and review if you would be so kind. And, as always, stay tuned for more Nintendo.